Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast, and we're going to finish up Acts chapter 9 today. If you haven't got to hear the previous two podcasts when we started Acts chapter 9, I pray that you will uh, take a listen to those and uh, be encouraged by Saul's conversion story about how he was on his way to Damascus to persecute even more Christians, binding them in chains and to put them in prison because they followed Jesus and he thought that he was doing God a favor, that he was thought he was doing God's will. But on that way to Damascus, just before entering into Damascus, a light shines around him and he hears a voice and it's Jesus. And Jesus basically says, dude, you're persecuting me. You got to stop. And, and, and Saul does just that. And he's, he's obedient to the will of God. And he is now uh, converted to Jesus. He's baptized for the remission of his sins by Ananias and and he's able to see again. And after he eats, he he gather, gains his strength back and because and, he hasn't eaten in three days. And so he, he starts going into the local synagogues there in Damascus. And he's preaching to the Jews that Jesus indeed is the Son of God. And, and so now the, the persecutor has become the persecuted. And the hunter becomes the hunted. Because people... They don't like Paul's message, and they, they try to kill him, at least on two different occasions immediately after he is converted to Jesus Christ. Um, but now that he is a, a Christ follower, there, there's peace in the church. Verse 31 says that the church then had peace throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And when the, with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. So this verse tells us just how powerful Saul was when he was a non-believer because he wreaked havoc in these Jesus followers' lives. And at the beginning of Acts chapter 9, Luke tells us that with every breath that he breathed, he breathed out threats against Jesus' followers. And now he is one of them. Jesus has changed his life drastically and he is preaching and telling others that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. And now there is peace and the church continues to grow in number. And before uh, Luke finishes Acts chapter 9, he turns his attention to Peter, the Apostle Peter, And starting in verse 32, it says, Meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. And there he met a man named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat, dude. And he was healed instantly. And the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around, and they turned to the Lord. So here's Peter. He 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 goes down to Lydda. He's he's just going down to check on the 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 people who follow Jesus there. He wants to see how they are doing. And so while there, 
someone introduces him to this man named Aeneas, and he he's bedridden. He's been bedridden for eight years. Now, you know, if you know anybody who's sick and they've been bedridden for any amount of time, especially eight years, their body is in bad, bad shape because they haven't been able to use their muscles and their body's basically just laying there deteriorating. And and so Peter is, is going to go visit Aeneas. He's going to go to the place where he's staying and he has a conversation with this man and he heals him. He heals Aeneas. But notice what Peter says to him. He says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. He doesn't say, Aeneas, I heal you. I, I, I'm coming to you. I'm having this conversation with you. I know that you've been bedridden for eight years. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to heal you. That's, that's not how this conversation goes. Peter goes and he meets Aeneas and he has a conversation with Aeneas. And he says, guess what, Aeneas? You're going to be healed today. And you're going to be healed not in my power, not in my name, but in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, I heal you. Uh, I don't heal you, but it's Jesus Christ who is going to heal you. And that's exactly what happens. He, he heals Aeneas. And the next thing you know, Aeneas is up out of that bed immediately. And he's walking around and he's, and he's going to the grocery store. He's going to the Agora. He's going to the marketplace and he's shopping. And, 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 and he's you know, doing all these things around town. And people see him in Lida and they know who he is. Well, what happened to him? I thought he was bedridden. Well, you know, so he begins to tell his story. This is what, you know, somebody invited this guy named Peter over to my house. And he come and had this conversation with me. He told me about this man named Jesus. And he said, I could be healed in, 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 by the power of Jesus. And, and so that's what happened. And the next thing you know, Luke says that the whole population of Lida believes in Jesus. And so one of the things I want to point out to us is this. When God chooses to use us to bring him glory... Don't or be careful not to be overcome with pride. Stay humble and give the credit to where it belongs. You know, Peter never got the big head. He stayed humble. It would, you know, it would be so easy for for because people did this. They they and people do it today. We we accomplish something. You know, how how many sports people do you know? Uh, athletes and, and musicians who get famous, and, you know, but before they were famous, they were so humble and they were giving credit to God on the camera and, or their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or their mom, or they, oh, I want to thank this person who, you know, helped get me here. But, but once they become famous and they, they have all this power and they have all this money, they forget who they were back then. And they become this new person and they take all the credit for themselves. We have, when, when God chooses to use us for His glory, we have to stay humble. Peter had every reason to get the big head because God, I mean, when your shadow is passing over people and they're being healed, that would be, that, that's powerful. And it would be very easy for Peter, if he allowed himself to, to be prideful and not give credit where credit is due. But he stayed humble and Peter realized that he was just a vessel that God chose to use in this situation. And so Peter was willing to be used, and he always gave credit where credit was due. 
and that's and where it belonged, and that was with Jesus. Remember back in Acts chapter four when Peter and John they were going to a prayer service at the temple, and and as they were walking through the the the, the gate called Beautiful, there was a man that had been placed there by his family who had been uh, born with unable to walk, <clears throat> and he was laid there on a daily basis and, and he would beg people for money and peter says silver and gold I, I don't have any of that stuff man but here's what i'm going to give you i'm going to give you hope i'm going to give you a second chance of life i'm going to give you uh, uh, you're going to be a new creation i'm going to give you jesus and i'm going to give you the power of god and, and peter reaches down and pulls the man up by his arms and says in the name of jesus christ rise up and walk and the man immediately stands up begins to walk he's never walked a day in his life he's over 40 years old and next thing you know he's starting to run and he's leaping and he's praising god and he goes off into the temple with peter and john so he's standing there as evidence to the power of god and peter says you know what because this crowd had begun to gather and so peter takes advantage of the opportunity and he preaches jesus he says i didn't do this by my own power but god did this through me jesus christ healed this man so when 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 you know peter stayed humble always and he always gave the credit where credit was due and that was to jesus so when god uses us to do great things stay humble and tell people where you get your talent from where where the blessing came from it came from jesus that you're just a vessel that god chose to use and may god be glorified in the situation and in our lives and may people's lives be changed in jesus name um you know we wouldn't be where we are today without god jesus christ took us as we were sinners in need of a savior and he washed our sins away and by his grace and his mercy not by anything that we could do because there is absolutely nothing that we could do to earn salvation except give god complete control of our lives that's the only thing we could reach out and accept the gift that God has given us of salvation. That's the only thing that we can do. It don't matter how many people we baptize. It don't matter how many people we rack up in our churches. It doesn't matter how many homeless people we helped. It doesn't ma matter how many people we fed. It does not, nothing matters. We cannot earn salvation. So we have no place to be prideful. We have to stay humble and we have to tell people that hey i'm just a vessel and i'm willing to allow god to use me for his glory and when he chooses to use us and he does mighty things we have to stay humble and give that credit where that credit is due and that's exactly what peter did so people see Aeneas, he's walking around. And in fact, Luke points out, as I said, well, go, the whole population saw Aeneas walking around. And when they saw what had happened and they heard how it happened, they turned to the Lord as well. And this should be our goal. We should live our lives to honor the Lord. And when we do, people will see Jesus in us. And they will turn 
to Jesus in us. They will not be able to ignore the change that Jesus has made in our lives. You know, they, they, they might remember, they will remember who you were back then. And there are some people that will browbeat you over the head and constantly remind you of your past. But you just remind them of your present and your future. That you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and those sins have been forgiven. Like, uh, like on a, here's a good example. If you've ever seen the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And uh, uh, the guy goes out there and he gets baptized. And, 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 and uh, um, uh, what's his name? He, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he throws up. He says, well, you knocked off that Piggly Wiggly. And, and the guy said, well, I, the preacher said I was forgiven of that too. And, and, and so, you know, people are going to try to remind you of who you were, but you remind them of who you are now and who you belong to. And that is Jesus Christ. And so... As Peter is there in Lydda and he has, uh, he has gone and met this man named Aeneas and, and, and Jesus has healed Aeneas uh, who has been bedridden for eight years and the word spreads by Jesus. Um, Peter's hanging out in Lydda. In verse 36, Luke says there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, a lady, which in Greek is Dorcas, which means gazelle, by the way. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. And about this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, or Lydda. And so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them. And as soon as he arrived, they, come, or they took him to the uh, upstairs room. And the room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. So you can see where her heart was. She, she uh, was a seamstress and she made clothes and she made coats and she would give them to people. Uh, she was a, a, a very good-hearted woman who loved the Lord and she wanted to bless others by making them a garment. And, and she would give them these garments and she had passed away. And so people had heard that Peter's in the nearby town called or city called uh, Lida. And so they go and they beg him to come. And when he gets there, you know, he, the room's filled with, with these paid mourners, widows, who then they, they were paid to cry at the, at the funerals. And they're showing him, they're showing Peter the coats and the other clothes that she had made for them. But Peter asked him all to leave the room, Luke says. And when, then he knelt and he prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand. And he helped her up. And then he called the widows into the room and all the believers. And he presented her to them alive. And so the news spread throughout the whole town. And many believed in the Lord. And, and Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides we're going to break this passage down when we come back from break see you in just a minute this is bruce stott one of the elders at partnership christian church and i want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming sunday check us out on facebook or youtube for service times and directions thanks for listening to grind it podcast keep grinding so peter has healed Aeneas. he's hanging out in lida 
And while he's there in Lydda, this lady who is a godly woman, loves the Lord, loves serving Jesus, and she has a heart to help people. And, and the way she was able to help people was her talent was that she was a seamstress. She could, she could sew really well, and she would make clothing. She would make garments and coats uh, for people and, and, and give them uh, these garments, and it would just bless people. And so people loved her. And, and she got sick and, and she passed away. And they had brought her up into this upper chamber of this house and they washed her body and they were preparing her body for burial. And you have these mourners who were, uh, uh, you know, crying over her. And some believers, they, they hear that Peter uh, is in Lydda and they hear about what he has done for Aeneas. And so they send, they, they, they go out and they, they hunt Peter down and they beg him. You know, come to this lady's house and, and, and do something about her situation. And so that's exactly what Peter does. And he sends everybody out of the room and he, he, he prays to God. And then he turns to Tabitha and he just calls her by her name. Tabitha, get up. Open your, and she opens her eyes and, and, and she, she sits up in the bed and he reaches out and takes her by the hand and he helps her out of the bed and, and, and he presents uh, he calls for the widows and he calls for all the believers to come into the room and he presents Tabitha alive. And I mean, th- this you talking about God showing out in, in, in a mighty way. Um, and, and so th- to a lot of people, this, this would seem absolutely absurd. It would seem crazy or ridiculous. But to the one who is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and has worked many miracles before... This is just another day in the office. This is an everyday occurrence. Because you got to remember, like I said earlier, Peter's shadow would pass over people and they would be completely healed just by his shadow passing over them. He, he, has, seen, he has seen the dead come back to life before. Remember Lazarus? Peter was there with Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, when, when the, the stone had already been rolled into place and sealed, and Lazarus had been dead for like four days, and, and Mary said, he's stinking. You know, what are you doing? This is not a good idea. And Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes walking out of the tomb, wrapped, still wrapped in his grave clothes. Peter was there. He knew that this was no big deal for, for Jesus to do. And so... He sends everybody out of the room, prays for Tabitha, tells her to get up. She opens her eyes. Next thing you know, he's grabbing her by the hand and helping her up out of the bed, and she's she's perfectly fine. She's able to go and, and, and make more clothes to bless other people. And so the news spreads throughout Joppa, and, it's, and Luke says that many people believe in the Lord, and they give their lives to follow Jesus. And so my, my question to you is this. What? does it take or what would it take to get you to follow Jesus? See, there were Jesus followers in Lydda before Peter healed Aeneas, but there were many who didn't follow. It, it, it took a bedridden man being healed up walking around town and people seeing him around town walking before they would believe. And now here in Joppa, many had to see a dead woman come back to life before they would believe. And even yet still, Luke says, many believe, not all of them, but many believe. So that tells me that there were many who still, even though they seen a dead woman 
come back to life, they still did not believe in Jesus. What are you waiting on? What does it take? What would it take to get you to follow Jesus? And you say, well, if I could just see a miracle. I mean, how many times have I heard that in my years as a preacher or be, just being a Christian? If I could just see God work a miracle. You know, people said that in the Bible. People that Jesus had just fed with two fish and five loaves of bread. He's fed over around seven to 8,000 people. We call it the feeding of the 5,000. But that was just the, the, the count there was just the men only. Jesus, if you count the women and the children, there's seven, eight, maybe 10,000 people there that Jesus fed with two fish and five loaves of bread. And they followed Jesus around. And they, when Jesus puts it on the line and says, you, you need to give your lives to, to following me, they had the nerve to tell him, show us a miracle. And in John chapter 6, verse 66, John chapter 6, verse 66, it says that many of those people didn't follow him anymore. One of the saddest verses in the Bible. They, they, they saw Jesus. They saw the miracle that he did with the, the fish and the bread. They wanted to follow Jesus, but when it came down to the nitty-gritty, they wanted to see a miracle. And they, when they didn't see what they wanted to see, they didn't follow Jesus anymore more and i'm here to tell you if that's what you're waiting for a miracle from god you're going to be waiting a long time you may not ever even see a miracle and if you do see a miracle it may not even change your life jesus is the miracle worker jesus is greater than any miracle that can be performed look what jesus has done for you and for me on the cross and how he was buried for three days and he came out of that tomb victorious. He was resurrected and he ascended back to the Father and he has sent us his Holy Spirit where he dwells inside of us if we believe, if we give him control of our lives. That, my friend, is greater than any miracle that you could ever witness. The love and the grace and the mercy that God has shown to you and to me. John 20, verse 29 through 31, Jesus had said, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you will have life by the power of his name. There, Jesus, John even said at the end of his book that Jesus did so many miracles. He'd done so many great things to help people. He says that there, there's probably, there, there's not enough books that could be written. In the, if you could just write the things that Jesus did and you wrote them down in a book, he said the world could not even contain these books. It would take that much space of all the things that Jesus did to help people, all the good that he had done. And despite all of the miracles that Jesus did, even raising a dead man from life, even taking the punishment that he took before he went to the cross and on the cross, and people seeing him walk around after the resurrection, 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that he was seen of over 500 different people. They still didn't believe. And John says, you know, I can't tell you about everything that Jesus did, but in my book I've told you about many things that Jesus did. And the things that I've told you about, I have told you about that you, you know, he says, I've written these things down that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. And that by believing in Him, you will have life by the power of His name. That's exactly what happened to Paul. Or Saul, who later became Paul, changed his name. Saul was a persecutor of Christians. He would take people who loved Jesus and lived for Jesus, he would literally go to their houses and he would chain them up, bind them, and bring them to prison where who knows what would happen to them. Many of them killed because they followed Jesus. And when he was on his road to Damascus, on his way to the synagogues to persecute even more Christians, well, he wasn't on his way to the synagogue, he was on his way to the synagogues to get uh, uh, permission to go into people's homes and bound up the, the, the Jesus followers in Damascus. The light shone down from heaven. He has a conversation with Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, it's me you're persecuting. Not these people. It's me that you're persecuting. And so he has a change of heart. He becomes a Jesus follower himself. He's baptized for the remission of his sins. And after he eats and drinks, he goes out immediately into the synagogues and his message to the Jews in the, the synagogues at Damascus is, hey, this is who I was and this is who I am now. Jesus Christ is exactly who he says he is. He is the Son of God. And so my question to you is this, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting on to give your life to Jesus Christ? And if you're waiting for a miracle, you got to look beyond the miracle and look to the miracle worker. You got to look. It's like Peter, when he says to Aeneas, you're healed in the power of Jesus, Aeneas. Jesus Christ makes you walk. Jesus Christ gets you out of this bed after eight years of being bedridden. It's not me. So Peter is pointing Aeneas, and Peter is pointing these widows in Joppa at Tabitha's house to Jesus. Jesus is greater than any miracle. You may not ever see a miracle, but you will see Jesus. And if you die without ever making Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you, because the Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior before you take your last breath on this earth and you pass on into eternity lost, you will still stand before Jesus and you will still confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, but then you're going to hear Him speak to you and He's going to say, Who are you? I, I never knew you. We, we never had a relationship because you rejected me. You had opportunities. You heard the message about me. But you always chose to reject me. You never accepted me as your Lord and Savior. Now, depart from me. 
you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. And you will be cast away from God for eternity, never ever having another opportunity to be in heaven. And your life will be in such torment that you will be in hell with Satan. And he's going to be laughing his face off at you. Because he, 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 he knows what it's like to be in heaven. And he's been cast out of heaven. And right now he's the prince of this world. But there's a place waiting for him. And if we don't give our lives to Jesus Christ and make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we're going to join him in hell. In eternal torment. Who would ever choose hell over heaven? Why would anybody choose torment over a life of peace for eternity with Jesus Christ, with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit? But what's sad is many people do. They choose to reject Jesus and they die and they go off into eternity lost. Friend, don't let that be you. What are you waiting on? Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Give your life to Jesus Christ and let Him have full control of your life while you still have time, while your heart still beats and you have breath in your lungs. What are you waiting for? Call upon the name of Jesus and be saved today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life, look, all my life.